You might have noticed there's something different up here today. A rocking chair. I kind of like it. Um, You know, the rocking chair is as old as our country itself. You know, some people believe that the rocking chair was invented by Benjamin Franklin, an American inventor. And yet most historians trace the origins of the rocking chair to 1710. And if that is true, then Benjamin Franklin was about four years old. And Homeboy was a good inventor, but I'm guessing, I'm going to go out on a limb and say at four, he was not yet quite ready to invent the rocking chair. But what I did find interesting as I was doing the research for today's sermon is that the rocking cradle predates the rocking chair by about a thousand years. And what that says to me is that screaming babies can spark creativity in sleepless parents. You probably know and and believe that There is something about the gentle, repetitive motion of rocking that soothes infants, babies. You probably are all prepared to believe that. But did you know that there has been research done that would suggest that it also works in soothing older people? Um, As you already know, because somebody blabbed their mouth last Sunday while I was gone, and then blabbed their mouth again this morning, one of us in the room has had a birthday in the last week, and has gotten a little older, and may be in need of some soothing at this particular time. So I'm going to have a seat in this here rocking chair. You know, there is some truth about the rocking chair being soothing older adults. It's not just a line that I made up for the sermon this morning. There have actually been studies done all over the place. There was one study that was done in a nursing home that was uh, a study done with patients experiencing dementia. And what they did in this nursing home is that they divided these dementia patients into two groups. Uh, One group was allowed to rock, and another group was not allowed to rock. And this went on for six weeks. At the end of the six weeks, the researchers came back, and they began to examine the behavior of these two groups of dementia patients. And what they determined was, is that the group that was allowed to rock For that six weeks, they were all happier than the group that was not allowed to rock. And so what does that say to me? Well, it says to me, for those allowed to rock, we salute you. Um, In case you're wondering, that's a reference to the era when I was born, Jim. You might know I had a birthday lately. Um, I grew up listening to hair metal music in the 80s, and uh, that was a popular uh, song uh, during that particular time. Uh, but rockers, I would suggest to you, do have some place in the church. Um, 
in our nursery, for instance, is a fine place to have a rocking chair. There's a really good chance that somebody's child right now at this very moment is rocking and being rocked by someone in our nursery. And that is a really good place to have a rocking chair. I'd like to suggest to you that another place that we might consider having a rocking chair in our church is room 506. Um, That's where we have most of our committee meetings in the church. And every once in a while, people on committees get bent out of shape about something, a little agitated and frustrated and upset. And I think it might be nice to be able to have a chair in that committee room from time to time so that someone might say, okay, Pastor Tommy, I think you need to sit over there in that rocking chair and soothe yourself for a while. So that might be a good place to have a rocking chair. Now, do you think it would be a good idea to have a rocking chair for everybody here in the sanctuary? Would that be would that make you happier as the studies suggest? Um, I'm guessing that it might make you happier, but it probably also make you sleepier and some of you need no help in sleeping during church. And so I'm not about to ask the trustees anytime soon if they will take up all the pews and to put down rocking chairs for everyone in the congregation. But I want to suggest to you that while there are some places in the church where we might have rocking chairs, that we don't all need rocking chairs in the church. Because if we all had a rocking chair in the church... And it made us a little happier. And it soothed us just a little bit more. Then we would probably before too long become known as a complacent church. We'd probably become known as a dying church. We'd probably become known as a stagnant church we'd probably become known as a church that's focused more on soothing itself and just staying happy and comfortable and just staying right where we are. I want to suggest to you that all of us having rocking chairs in the church would not be good for the church. It would not be good for St. Mark's United Methodist Church. In fact, I think if you read the scripture closely today, that what you will see is that the first thing that the prophet Elijah says is that we should arise. And if you will allow me to be a little loose in the interpretation of that text this morning, I would suggest to you that what Isaiah is saying is that we should not and cannot be a rocking chair church. And that we should not and we cannot be a rocking chair people of faith. We don't need to be a rocking chair faith. We need to be a rocking faith. And 
I know, you're thinking, yeah, he's already told us about that heavy metal days that he used to listen to back in the 80s. Is that what Tommy's trying to turn the church into? And I want to assure you that no, that's not what I have in mind in particular. But I do want to share with you what I think it means for St. Mark's to be a rocking church. And I want to use this text from Isaiah to make the point for me. The prophet Isaiah is writing to a group of people and he's exalting uh, Jerusalem as he writes. And, and what he's doing is he's writing to the uh, people of Judah. And these people of Judah had been exiled for years and years and years because of war. And they had been spread all over the then known world. And now they are finally being able to come back to the place of their home homes and their heritage and their traditions and as they have come back to their place where they and their forefathers were born and raised they have now found a war ravaged Israel and so uh, Isaiah is pointing to this capital Jerusalem he calls it Zion and he says that Jerusalem will one day be the epicenter of a new world order and that this new world order what it is going to usher in is it's going to usher in a time of deliverance it's going to usher in a time of forgiveness it's going to usher in a time of healing it's going to usher in a time of restoration and this is not just for God's chosen people who have been exiled, but who are now coming home. Isaiah says that this Jerusalem, this new Jerusalem, this Zion, this epicenter of the new world order will be for all people. He says that this Zion, the people of Zion, are to arise and shine. And how are they going to shine? They are going to shine because they have the radiance of God within them and around them. The light that they will exude comes from God. And, and this light will be compared and contrasted to a coming gloom and doom in all the other nations. And God is actually going to use this contrast between light and darkness to draw the people who are in darkness into the light. Into a time of deliverance and healing and forgiveness and restoration. But the people who are in darkness won't even realize that they're in darkness until they first have being able to see the light. The light that will be found in this new Jerusalem. And God is going to use their darkness and this light to draw those people out of their darkness and into the light. And I believe that that's what God wants St. Mark's United Methodist Church to be in 2020. I believe that God wants us to be an epicenter that draws people in our community, in our world, to God's 
glorious light. I believe that God wants St. Mark's to be a place of deliverance and healing and forgiveness and restoration for all people, not just the people that call St. Mark's their spiritual home. And I believe that God wants us as a church to arise and shine in 2020. I believe God wants us to be awakened to creativity. I think that God wants the people of St. Mark's United Methodist Church to think outside the box in 2020 to, uh, commu- and to come up with creative ways to communicate the good news of God's love to the people in this community and the people in this world. I think that God does not want us to live in fear of a possible split or separation of a denomination as a means of keeping us from being faithful to that which God is calling us to do and which God has created us to do. I believe that God wants us to be uh, on the cutting edge of looking for ways to communicate the love of God in our community and in our world. God doesn't want us to be afraid of failure. God wants us to take risks. God knows that there will be failures, but there will also be successes as we look to God to lead us into this new year. And I believe that God wants the people of St. Mark's United Methodist Church in 2020 to be committed to excellence. I think that God wants us to constantly be examining everything we're doing here as a church and looking for ways to improve. And that starts at preaching and it goes all the way to pickleball. I mean, it is everything in between. God wants us to look at what we're doing and say, how can we do it better? How, how can we be more compelling and convincing of the love of God made known to us in Christ Jesus. And God wants us to be committed to excellence in 2020. I believe that God wants us to grow in our sense of purpose as a church in 2020. You may remember that I spent a good part of last year going around and meeting with people in the church and just asking you, where do you see God at work in our church now? And where do you think God is calling us to be at work in the coming year and in the coming five years and in the coming ten years? And I believe that God wants our leadership of this church to take all of that information that you all have shared with me and to set a course and a purpose and a priority for St. Mark's United Methodist Church in 2020 so that we can be a church that is on the rise and shining for the Lord Jesus. And I believe that St. Mark's United Methodist Church in 2020, that God wants us all to grow spiritually and all to serve sacrificially in 2020. I want it to be said of our church, and I want it to be true, that every single person who attends our church is a part of some small group, whether it be Sunday school, or a group in the evening that meets in a home, or here at the church, that is focused on growing spiritually. Because let me tell you this, if your spiritual growth is limited to hearing this sorry preacher for 20 or 30 minutes on a Sunday morning, you are settling for far less spiritual growth than what God desires and than what you need. And 
in addition to being a part of a small group that's growing spiritually, I think that every single one of us need to be involved in something uh, that is serving sacrificially in our community. I want us to be the hands of Christ in a way that is more than just using your hand to sign a check to put into the offering plate. I believe that God wants every single one of us to be involved in ministry with those in our community, serving faithfully as an expression of our love of God and our love for all the people that God loves. And I believe that that's what Christ wants us to do. To rise and to shine in that way. As you've already heard, today is Epiphany Sunday. And epiphany is a word that I went to seminary for three years to learn how to say and then to learn how to maybe describe The word epiphany basically means a manifestation of the divine presence. It is a way that God chooses to reveal God's self to the world. And and there are countless ways that God reveals God's self. There are countless epiphanies that God gives to us. Now, as you heard Reverend Martha talk about in her children's sermon, most of the time when we're on Epiphany Sunday, uh, we preach the story of the wise men or the magi. And I want to suggest to you that the wise men were not rocking chair Christians either. Because these magi had to leave the familiar. They had to leave the comfortable. They had to leave their established patterns and their lives. And they had to be willing to get up, arise, and go and and follow what was shining, that star. Uh, They were not people that were soothing themselves. They were not people that were intent on staying where they'd always stayed doing what they had always done. They were willing to go and to follow where God leads. And that is what God is calling us to do. To leave the comforts of our rocking chairs and to rise up And to be the shining light of Jesus Christ in Murfreesboro and in the world. And that is my prayer for St. Mark's United Methodist Church in 2020. And I want it to be your prayer too.